You are listening to Smart Talks with the Elizabeth Smart Foundation. I'm your host, Elizabeth Smart. Smart Talks provides survivors and supporters with tools for healing, a sense of community, and empowerment so we can all heal and move forward together. Hello and welcome everyone back to Smart Talks. This is Elizabeth Smart, and I'm very excited about our guest today. We have Clay Olson. I met Clay probably six years ago, and it was when he was at the beginning of Fight the New Drug, and I remember being introduced to him and just thinking what he was doing was so amazing because so much of what I've worked in for the last decade and a half plus, there's a direct correlation between how pornography can very easily, not always, but very easily lead to abuse. And even in my own story, how pornography directly influenced me because my captors would look at it and they'd turn around and they'd want to reenact what they saw. And that's actually how I first met Clay. But Clay is, this is like the very shortened and condensed version of his bio because he is an incredible, talented, brilliant, amazing person. But he is the founder and CEO of Impact Suite, Fight the New Drug, Opal Design Group, Advent Creative, and Timeline Films. And actually today, even though I don't know if I want to say I love talking about pornography, but I had a really good experience talking about that with Clay uh, a few years ago. Actually, today's topic is a little bit different, and I'm excited about it because I go out and do public presentations very often. And without fail, I get asked, how do we protect our children? What do you teach your children? And quite honestly, I have been a parent for seven years. There are lots of other people out there who have been parents for 50 years, for 20 years. And so I don't honestly have all of the answers. And I can only say what I know, which I'm still learning. And what we're talking about today, I'm actually very grateful for because I think it can help a lot of parents and it also gives me tools to then answer people's responses when they ask me, how can they help their children? How can they protect their children? How can they talk with their children? So Clay, can you tell me about this app that you've developed that's called Raise? We are very excited. And so much of my past and what I've worked in years prior has culminated in this resource that we now have called Raise. And we're, we're very excited to, to release it to, to the world at no cost. So it's a free app to help parents navigate the challenges of today's digital landscape with their kids. And, and it's a, a, an app to really encourage and, and empower parents and educate parents on how to navigate this because this is such a unique challenge to our day that our parents and their parents didn't have these challenges. So it's a unique time that there isn't a parental or generational script to rely upon. And so it's no wonder that a lot of parents just have some curiosities or, or, or concerns or anxieties around when to give their child a smartphone or how to protect their child against uh, online predators or what to do about inappropriate content. We wanted to provide parents those answers in a very concise and convenient way that can age with them as their children grow up, that we can provide that support along the, the way and along that journey. 
I think that's so great because I remember when I first started speaking and my dad actually would go out a lot with me and I could listen to what he had to say. I could listen to all these experts to what everyone else had to say. And then it was very easy for me to pick up on what it was. And initially it was pretty easy stuff. Things like, well, make sure your family computer is in the family room, in a place where everyone can see it. Uh, make sure it's not in a private room. Make sure their doors aren't closed. And now fat lot of good that will do because everyone has a computer in the palm of their hands. And so mm -hmm. this app that you're creating, if a parent doesn't know anything about it, hears about it, thinks this sounds great. I really need this in my life. What is a parent going to see when they download this app and open it up? Yeah, well, first of all, we want to uh, make it personalized. So as they come in, they, they download the app, it's going to ask them to like add their kids. And it's not going to ask really personal information. They can use aliases they want for their names and they all they have to do is put in their the date, the month that they were born in the year so that we can provide some guidance along the way. As they age to 16 and, and grow, we want to provide it in the time frame of that transition and that maturing stage. So we first ask them a few questions to get some information so, so they can personalize the app for them. But once they're in, they're going to select a journey. And that's going to be based on some preferences and some primary concerns that that parent will have. And so we have five primary journeys within the app. And those journeys are uh, parent-child relationship. And even though that's not a, a technology-specific journey, it's core to your ability to influence the, the, that child. If you have that strong connection and relationship with the child, your efforts within managing their screen time or protecting them in these areas are going to be much more well-received if we can strengthen that parent-child relationship. Another journey is around cyberbullying. Another journey is around managing screen time. Another journey is around protecting your child against uh, online predators. And another journey is around navigating inappropriate content online. So those are the five primary areas. And I'm sure as I read those off, a lot of parents were like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah th those are areas that I I'm lost or I'm concerned or I have questions around. I don't know how to quite navigate that when I get questions all the time from parents around when should I give my child a smartphone or I mean, have uh, you come up with I an answer them? to that? Because I'd love to know that myself. Yeah, we do have an answer. And it's probably not as definitive as you would like. Every parent would love to hear by the age of 13, give your child a smartphone. And the reality is that every child is very different in their maturity level, in their environment and what they have access to and their curiosities. And the truth of the matter is that smartphones are amazingly powerful and they are in large part just they have access to nearly all of human knowledge, right? And all the good and the bad. Parents really have to ask themselves that when they hand over a smartphone, there's a lot of protections that they can engage with. But at what point are you comfortable with your child uh, accessing social media? At what point are you comfortable with your child getting solicited? for sexual images? At what point are you comfortable with your child coming across inappropriate content online, pornography and, and other and material? So obviously the answer to a lot of those questions are like, well, I'm not comfortable with those. And the parents at the age of nine and 10 are handing over smartphones. It's not a question of if, but when and to what degree that that child will be exposed to those things. We caution parents to say, look, ideally you would hold out longer than we've collectively societally kind of changed that that threshold to a later age, but you are more familiar with your child as they are engaging. There's a lot of new phones out that are more locked down with regard to social media, Trumi, Gab, Pinwheel, and several others that, that we would recommend first. My neighbor just the other day has a 10-year-old and he had an iPhone and 
said, is that unsafe for a child, a uh, 11 year old to have an iPhone? I said, why do you want the child to have an iPhone? I said, well, I need to be able to get a hold of him. I said, okay, great. What else? I need to be able to know where he is. <clears throat> and I said, uh-huh. What else? And she said, well, that's probably it. I just want to be able to connect with him and, and know where he is. And an iPhone lets me track that. And I said, well, okay, there are a lot of other options that are going to be a lot more safe for your child than, than an iPhone and a lot cheaper than an iPhone. So again, we don't have a, a, a definitive age as to when your child should have a smartphone. It's more like what, what functionality does your child need? And are there options that have that functionality at a more safe degree and safe level. We know parents that have 18-year-olds that don't have smartphones with the social media. I feel access. like that would be the exception. That would be the exception. That's on the more the extreme. And then we have parents giving them to nine, eight, nine-year-olds. And so... I mean, my seven-year-olds asked me, she has a friend who has one of those watches, a, a Gab watch. And last yeah. year for Christmas, she was like, I want one, I want one, and I want one. And I ended up going to Costco and just get her like a little VTech watches that has no phone capability whatsoever, anything. And she accepted that last year, but I don't know how much longer she's going to accept that for. Yeah, and watches are a great replacement for a phone for a number of years because you can control exactly what phone numbers can come in. So strange numbers, unsolicited numbers cannot come in. You can determine that as a parent, what numbers will be allowed to be received. And they still have access to 911 if they get in trouble and you can still track their location. And so all of those things that parents rely upon is like when they go to practice or when they're coming home from school, I just want to be able to connect with them. And rightfully so. Parents are concerned today more than ever. I remember growing up, we would just be roaming away with no access. The only access that my parents had to me as I was growing up was either a big massive bell that my mom would ring in the neighborhood to say, hey, come home, or she would whistle a, a unique whistle that would say, hey, come home, if I was in the range of that whistle, which oftentimes I wasn't. I was just gone in the dirt hills and other places. And those days, sadly, are more limited for a lot of parents in America. A lot of parents are more concerned and they want to have a closer range access to their child. There's a lot of concerning things that have kind of developed over the years with regard to children's safety. And so I understand the concern and I share that concern with parents. However, there are better ways to approach getting that access and having that communication with your child that don't then open them up to a lot of the dangers that come with full online access and smartphone access. I know that there's a lot of pressure from our community and from other parents that, that are giving their children smartphone. They come home and say, hey, why are you the mean parent that hasn't gotten me what I want? And, I, and that's where we want to kind of start to change the societal norm, change the conversation within parents, much like we did with pornography, with changing the conversation among youth. We want to change that among parents to wake us up to the realities of the challenges that we face online with our children and help navigate that in a healthy way. We are not anti-technology, quite the contrary. We love technology. Technology has provided so many benefits for us as a whole, and it, it enhances learning experiences for our children and it enhances our access to information and knowledge. And so it's so wonderful. Along with that, of course, as we know, there's been a lot of negatives. And most parents, that's the thing, most parents are oblivious to those consequences or challenges. So that when they hand their child an iPhone, <clears throat> they're not thinking about those risks and, and in large part due to the fact that they're unaware of those risks that they're offering to their child at that time. 
So in these uh, five different journeys that you mentioned, can you walk me through the child-parental relationship? Could you walk me through that journey? Like when you say journey, is it like step one, spend 10 minutes one-on-one with with your kid every day and check this box? Or what is it like? The journeys are set up to where we we give bite-sized information on a daily basis. And they're roughly about a 10-day journey. And so you can go at any pace you want. You can skip days or whatnot, or you could binge. But we provide it at a cadence that is roughly around 10 days. And you're going to focus on that particular area for that the duration of that journey. And it has videos, information that has been developed by a team of experts, professors, law enforcement, and others that have come together to curate and, and cultivate this content and, and uh, wonderfully produce content. It also has challenges that will kind of oppose to you and say, okay, over the next 24 hours, we want you to attempt or try this or, or think about something you might be able to do in these. And that, that's the same structure for all of the different journeys. And so depending upon what the parent is maybe concerned with, maybe there's an event that just occurred. Maybe there's, they found that their child has been accessing inappropriate content. And so they're going to be a little more dialed into that particular journey than others at this time. And they have multiple children and multiple different needs for those children. So we want to be able to provide a a lot of comprehensive resources for these children. So this is more than just a blog post. We really dive deep to provide parents that knowledge and understanding to proceed with confidence. And that's what we want to ultimately do. So coming back to your question, how does these journeys and the parent-child relationship We, again, with a number of experts in the field, we developed uh, a a cadence of understanding to understand the scope of the challenges that we face, to understand hard, concrete solutions to proceed. And even by the time you conclude that particular journey, you will have action items that you'll be engaging in, that you'll be walking through. And all the while, we uh, allowed the parents to be able to track on, on an individual child basis and see the improvements over time and set goals for you to engage with those children. And maybe you set a goal to have that one-on-one time in that particular way or set a goal to have this particular conversation and, and you can track those improvements over time as well. And is this something that when a parent goes through a journey once, is it something that you encourage them to come back and go through again? I mean, is it fairly interactive or is it one and done? Or is it like a continuing education kind of piece? It it, it can be either. So a parent can go through and once they've finished all five journeys, they become raised certified, which is you can be a raised certified parent. And the more of those we have in our midst, the more we are linking arms together and saying, okay, this is how we're changing the societal norms around these conversations. And we're more equipped as parents to be able to navigate this whole collectively. And that actually stemmed from, I I was invited to a dinner at at a neighbor's house and uh, they had ulterior motives. And I didn't know about this. As I showed up, they were asking me all sorts of questions and about their children and online access. And, And at the end they said, okay, so will you join our I can't remember the word they use, but club or join and sign this agreement that you won't give your kids smartphones before this age because we're getting so much pressure from the neighborhood kids getting them. We're trying to get, we're trying to recruit more parents onto our side so that we can collectively move forward in a more healthy direction. And I was like, that's a brilliant, not necessarily that particular uh, approach, but rather this idea of like, let's let's all wake up together and let's get to a place where we can not be our own enemies in the field and making it harder for us to educate our children because 
other parents in our midst weren't as as informed or, or aware. So it can be certification and get to a place where you feel like you have the confidence and knowledge. But the reality is that this is going to ebb and flow for you. You're going to get a lot of information and you're not going to retain it all. And you're also going to come into different challenges at different times with different children. And so it's something that you, we encourage parents to come back to and engage within the journeys, also within the community and support each other within the community. And parents can be supporting one another and providing ideas and encouragement w- there. And, and then we provide some education material based on the maturity uh, stages of your children. We send out material and content that pulls you back into the journeys and also provides new education corresponding to that maturity level of that child. So we're hitting at this at multiple different levels. I compare it sometimes to when my wife was pregnant, we signed up for a, a program that basically every week, I think that we got an email telling us what stage or how big our child was in her stomach. And it was the size of a grape. And this is what was happening developmentally. And to learn more, click here. So we want to do that along the journey of your children as, as they age and mature, we want to say, okay, your child is now facing these new challenges and you might want to have these conversations and implement this and take this survey to identify where their child is on this front and age with them. So it's, it can be done all at once. It can be iterative. We want to really meet the parent where they are and, and cultivate and, and support them along that path. And going through this process, I'm really curious to know as a parent yourself, Is there something that stood out more than others that you feel like will be really surprising to parents? There's a lot in here that many parents will be unaware of. And then part of that stayed my own past with creating Fight the New Drug over a decade ago and and, and speaking to hundreds of thousands of parents, much like you, Elizabeth, have spoken to so many people and you get questions and you get to answer a lot of questions about your experience that you're opening people's eyes to a reality that they are just unaware of. When we talk about the topic of pornography, most parents are completely oblivious to those realities. And so I wanted to bring that into this, but then expand it into other categories that were exciting for me to learn a little bit more as I worked with more professionals uh, on that front. And so for me, I was shocked as I learned more about, and and I feel like I'm fairly in the know. I feel like I'm fairly well-educated on these subjects. I I didn't think that I'd... uh, run into too much that I wasn't aware of. But the reality is that particularly with online predators, as I dug into that arena and realized the prevalence at which young people are being solicited by strangers and online and the aggressive nature of how that happens and how rapidly that develops into very dangerous territory was shocking to me and concerning. And our intention isn't to fearmonger the parent like our, our intention isn't to just oh i feel know, like i'm already there i mean personally <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, i guess I, our intention isn't simply to scare the parent and saying yeah these are the realities wake up but rather to say yes these are the realities but here's what we can do to protect and there are a lot of things like for instance with online predators one of the primary things, and I'd actually be interested to hear your opinion on this, Elizabeth, because this is your area. And when we talk about strangers online, and we are talking about online solicitations, we're not necessarily talking about all forms of, of predators and, and how they might seek children out, but primarily in an online environment, what we, what Jason Weiss, who I know Jason is a detective in Oklahoma, who spends his entire career catching these bad guys, and he poses as a 14-year-old girl 
in a lot of these communities and all these apps. And he goes in and he, and within minutes, he is being solicited by dozens and dozens of men within a one to five mile radius in that area. And we've done this all over in rural Utah. We've done it in Oklahoma and other places where you just kind of think, well, that has to happen in the big cities, but no, it's happening here and it's happening really everywhere. And observing that with Jason and learning from him and asking him, Jason, what do you think we parents can do to protect their children against these realities that most parents are oblivious to? He went on to talk about the fact that we can put on filters. We can do this. We can do that. And all those are good. However, the number one thing a parent can do is teach the child these grooming tactics. And we call them the seven red flags of online grooming. If we can teach the child to recognize these signs, they will be their best personal filter. And yes, we can do a lot on our side and educate the child, but if they can recognize, oh my goodness, he's expressing some extreme forms of affection very early on. And we've not ever met in person. Like, you know, this is the second time we've chatted and, and he's telling me that he loves me. That's a red flag. Oh my goodness. He's, this individual is 15 years older than me. That's a red flag. Oh my goodness, this person is telling me not to tell my parents about my uh, communication. That's sort of like, and the interesting thing about this is that we identify seven red flags and any one of those flags would be something to, to be concerned about. Two of those flags combined is almost a guarantee that you're dealing with a predator and, and you get three or four and it's, there's no question at all. So the child can recognize these signs. So we want to help the parents educate their child. It's not just that the parents need to be educated. They need to help educate the children on these realities as they engage. So before they give them access to, to a smartphone as they uh, get older, even when that time does become appropriate, they need to have a level of awareness the child does because they're entering into a, an environment in which they will almost undoubtedly be solicited at some point in their life, whether by a stranger or by a peer. And if you combine peers and strangers, it's almost 100% guaranteed that they will be solicited, sexually solicited online before they graduate high school. And so it's not a question of if, but how many times and how often and, and to what degree. So th- that was a shock to me, I guess, the, just the prevalence of it. And so we wanted to give parents some action items on how to, how to address that. And those seven red flags are included in the raise. Like that would be part Correct. of your journey was to be learning about Correct. that and discussing that with your children. Correct. Yes. And uh, phase two of raise, which we're working on now, is to actually develop a, a, a mini course for the youth themselves. And we'd have age specific, but we'd have content for the youth so that they could almost take like a mini driver's edge prior to getting access to the car. They were getting access to a, a smartphone or, or being able to set up profiles online that they would go through this to, to raise their awareness. Because most kids don't want to be manipulated. They don't want to be groomed. They don't want to be put into to dangerous circumstances. If we can arm them prior to that, then we're, we're going to have a lot more success and lower their likelihood of being groomed or being sexually solicited or even worse, being kidnapped and uh, raped by those predators as they ask to meet offline, the likelihood dramatically decreases if they are uh, aware of those signs so they can cut it off before it develops further because they think that this person loves them. They think that this person understands them better than their parents. And so they start to build this bond. And that's what the real good groomers do. They build this bond. And they tell them how beautiful they are at a, at a time where they feel 
you know, their body's changing and they don't feel beautiful and they feel they're very self-conscious about their body and they get all this affirmation and this, you know, praise. And they say, well, gosh, he gets me and he loves me and he understands things and I'll trust him above my parents and they don't get it. And that's once you've crossed that line, you're in very dangerous territory. Yeah. And where and when or is Raise available? So for parents listening to this podcasting, this sounds great. This sounds amazing. Is it available right now or how soon will it be released? So yes, Raise is available now. It is free. It will always be free. We encourage you to access it and, and tell your friends about it. Tell other parents about it. We just want to get this into the hands of as many parents as possible. And they can go to either joinraise.com for the web experience, or they can go uh, online to the app source and look up Raise Parenting, and they'll be able to download the app there and get that access. I think that is honestly such a service that you are providing to parents because I know I get asked, like I said at the beginning, all the time. And quite frankly, I'm not an expert. I still feel like I'm still pretty new to the whole parenting game. And well, it's not really a game. Lifestyle, life choice, <laughs> <Yeah>. consequences. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I don't have all the answers. And so honestly, I'm very grateful that you have worked so hard to help develop this and bring this in to allow it to be utilized for free. So I think that's a really great tool. And I encourage everyone who listens to this to make sure you go to the app store, go type in Raise, Raise Parenting, R-A-I-S-E, Parenting, and download it onto your phone and start your journeys today because I couldn't agree more with everything that Clay says. It's true. You can put so many safety measures and devices, block sites, firewalls. You can do so much to try to protect your children, but the truth is you will never be able to protect them completely. It's like my parents. They thought that they protected us so perfectly. We lived in a really nice neighborhood. We lived in a really nice house. All of our doors and windows had locks on them. We had a security system and even still. And my bedroom was not on the ground floor. It was very high off the ground. Like even a regular ladder would have a hard time reaching my windows. And even still, I was kidnapped. So that's a very extreme example. But It is true. The best thing you can do is make sure that your children are educated, that they are with knowledge and information so that when this happens, they have they already know this is not normal. This is a red flag. This is not okay. And they have the tools to deal with it and can report it or can come back to you or they can immediately get off that website, hopefully delete it, never go back on it ever again but they at least can recognize what's going on, hopefully remove themselves out of the path of danger. So Clay, thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy life and chatting with me today. And thank you for all the work that you've done on Raise. And thank Thank you. you. Thank you to everyone for listening today, for joining this episode of Smart Talks. And I hope to catch you again next time, next week. See you soon.